going to end about wow. 10 seconds ago. Do you know, do you know that song? Oh, if man. you don't know, it's called Our House. So If you couldn't tell the 30 seconds, it's just <laughs> Our House. That's the whole lyrics. That's all you need to know. Uh, but speaking of houses, um, I wanted my home growing up to be like the friend with the cool house that people want to go to. And I'm sure maybe you have some of those friends where you're like, man, I know exactly which one of my friends that is. That is the friend that has the name brand snacks. Okay, not the off-brand fruit smiles. I don't care, Joe, what you say. Those are trash. No, no, no. Fruit, the fruit smiles are goaded for sure. You guys, you don't know what's good for you, okay? The Welch's one, that's where it's at. The Scooby-Doo fruit snacks? Mm. I disagree wholeheartedly. I am the pastor in the room. I have the title. I'm correct, okay? <laughs> fruit smiles, not good, all right? But this friend has the name brand snacks. And I'm not talking about like the Sam's Club Cola brand of Coca-Cola. I'm talking like the real Coca-Cola, not the Shasta Cola, okay? I mean like they have the good stuff. They have a game room, they have the fun house. And I, I so desperately wanted to have the fun house and um, reality check, I did not have the fun house, okay? My mom, um, she liked to do this thing that we called, uh, maybe you can relate, I really hope. It was called Fend for Yourself Nights, okay? Amen, amen. Now, um, here's the deal, Fend for Yourself Nights, yo, go to dinner, green beans, mashed potatoes with a side of barbecue sauce, okay? <laughs> Come what? at me when you've had fend for yourself dinner in high school, okay? It was delightful. You might have had name brand snacks, but I had a side of barbecue sauce, all right? Come at me, okay? You might have had a game room, but in my house, we had neighborhood bullies, okay? Now, um, at your friend's cool house, you might have had parents that let you do anything in the entire world. I had a dad whose nickname was Mr. Safety. I kid you not, you've heard it here, folks. Les Bicky's name was Mr. Safety, okay? And that is what all of my friends knew him as. Now, my house, um, like I said, was not the house that all my friends wanted to go to until, until they found out that Mr. Safety let me have a trampoline without the net on it. Okay, I don't know how I got away with this. But then instantly I became the cool house. I became the house that all the friends wanted to come over to and jump on my trampoline without the net on, except Mr. Safety. Mr. Safety said, listen, if you wanna come jump on our trampoline, you gotta sign a permission slip. Okay, you guys, you can't make this up. If you were under the age of 18 years old, you best believe you were signing a permission slip. And I mean like he had stacks printed out. All right, little did he know I had one friend, but he had stacks <laughs> printed out of permission slips. And he said, oh, here you go, Johnny. You want to go jump on the tramp? Go have your mom sign this and then come back to me. No permission slip. No jumping on the trampoline. Okay, now you literally cannot make this up. So my house, um, yeah, you know, it might seem a little extreme and I would totally agree with you. We didn't have the name brand snacks. I had parents who were very strict. I had Mr. Safety as a parent. But what we did have 
was a family. Now, we might have had a small house and I might have had fend for yourself nights, dinner, seven days a week, but I had a family. And I had a family who loved me. They were super weird, but they were my family. And I knew within those walls that no matter what, they could be my safe place. That no matter what, I could always be welcomed in my family. I wouldn't have to pretend. I could come home from school and I could throw my hair in a high ponytail and look like George Washington and nobody <laughs> would care because they were my family. You guys must not know who George Washington is. That's pretty sad, okay. Now it doesn't matter because my home was safe. And you need to know that there's a difference between being home and also being a guest in somebody's home. Because when you're a guest, the expectation is that, okay, I'm, I'm over here for the first time ever. I got to leave my shoes at the door because that's the polite thing to do. When you're a guest in somebody's home, they tend to use the nicest silverware, not the plastic forks. They tend to use the nice cups, not the throwaway cups. They tend to be very respectful, like these boys on the front row, right? When you go to somebody's house as a guest, they try to put on the best attitude, have the best behavior, be the most welcoming they can be. But after you've been to somebody's house more than once, you're now family. In my eyes, you have graduated from being a guest to now being a part of the family. And being a family maybe means when you go to their house, your shoes get to stay on because they know you're not wearing your good socks and they're a little ranky, okay? <laughs> when you're part of the family, you don't have to use the good dishware, okay? Because dishes are a pain in the butt to wash and you get to use the plastic wear. When you go to somebody's house and you are part of the family, you get to be you. You don't have to try to perform. You don't have to try to be somebody that you're not. You just get the freedom to be you. And 4640 is no different. This isn't just a place that is cool. This isn't just a place with inflatables or the spider jump or the good free snacks that Hope buys, okay? Good job, Hope. Or the name brand soda, okay? She is the snack buyer and she does a good job, okay? This isn't just a place with fun woo-woo lighting. This is a house. And at the very heart of 4640 is a home. And at home, you feel welcomed. And at home, you don't feel like a guest because this is where you feel safe. At home, you could take your shoes off, but keep them on when you're here because, mm-mm, that nasty, okay? <laughs> uh-uh, all right? This house, I believe you, it isn't just another house. It isn't just another home. This is God's house. This is God's sanctuary. This is where we come to make God feel honored and to show him our love and our appreciation. Any one of you who have asked Jesus to save you, to come into your heart, to lead you, to be the Lord of your life, you got part of the family. That means this place is also your home too. If you have asked Jesus to save you, if you've accepted, accepted him as your savior, then this is your home. 
And since this is your home, that would make us all family. Unless it's your first time here, which uh, if it is, welcome. We're super glad that you're here, and we hope that you choose to be a part of our family at some point. And also, I want to apologize for that weird guy who's strikingly handsome, but also dressed in a midriff in front of all of you. That was super weird. Um, but so, uh, welcome to everybody, and sorry for that uh, debauchery that happened. But tonight, we're going to be talking about what it means to be a family in this house, our house of 4640. And in this house, we we have responsibilities, right? We all have our jobs, especially at home, right? We all have responsibilities. We all have chores. We all have things that we are supposed to do. That's what it means to be part of a family is you are a part of it. You have responsibility and you take care of the place that you live in. And tonight we're going to look at two ways that applies to us in 4640. And the first one is welcoming guests. Have you ever gone to somebody's house and felt completely unwelcome? Like you shouldn't be there or maybe it wasn't their house, but they invited you anyway. And it was like very clear that you were not super welcome there. Or maybe your friend invited you over, but they didn't ask their mom first. And then their mom is like not prepared for company. And then they're real upset about it. Or you just like got invited to a function, whatever it was. And it just was uncomfortable because you were like invited out of an obligation. This one time I was here at 4640, I was an intern and my whole group of friends was standing around talking to my friend Miranda and she was graduating from college and her mom also happened to be volunteering at 4640 and they were having a graduation party for Miranda. And I'm standing in this conversation and everybody in the conversation is talking about the graduation party except for me because I was not invited to the graduation party. And so I'm a part of this conversation that's happening. What kind of food there's gonna be? Barbecue, I was excited. What time to be there? Can I bring anything? All of those details happening right in front of me and I'm just sitting there, mm-hmm, that sounds cool. That sounds awesome, so much fun. I hope you guys have a great time. And the conversation dies down and Miranda's mom looks around at everybody and says, all right, it's gonna be so great for you to be there. Can't wait to see you Saturday. And as it wraps up, she just kind of drifts into my eye line and catches my eyes and is like, and you know, if you're not busy, you're more than welcome to come too. We would love to have you. And what she probably expected was somebody to be like, oh no, that's okay. I wouldn't want to impose. I was, you guys have fun. It'll be great. But what she got was me who has no shame. And I was like, heck yeah, dude, I'll be there. What time and where? And I showed up and it was uncomfortable. Uh, You could tell that it was a pity invite, but when I receive a pity invite, I will be there most likely. But I wonder how many people have walked into our church, into Fellowship Church, into our 4640, our house, and felt unwelcomed or uninvited or unseen. And maybe even some of you in this room tonight have felt that way. And I know for sure that it's happened here in this very house, and it breaks my heart because I know I'm guilty of it, right? I know I've I've overlooked. I know I've not made you feel welcome sometimes. And, And if that's the case, I want to sincerely apologize because this is your home too. If it's your first time, if you've never been here before, if you don't know what's going on, this is a place for you as well. You are welcome here. And so I am sorry, we are sorry, if you ever felt unwelcome and uninvited in my my house, in our house, we're sorry, please forgive us. But but when we feel welcome, when we feel invited, those are the people that stand out the most to you, right? Those are the people you remember for a lifetime, the ones who welcome you, the ones who invite you to do whatever they're doing. And it, it didn't really matter that I was awkward and I got pity invited to that graduation party because I ended up meeting my wife there. Right, I ended up like talking to her in depth for the first time. Like, yeah, that was awesome. I had a great time as well. And I didn't have to be alone. Like it didn't matter. I was made to feel welcome even though it was uncomfortable. 
And do you know that one of the greatest needs of every human being on the planet is the need to belong? And that includes church. That includes this room. And I think sometimes we assume everybody knows that they belong here or should just feel that they belong here, but the truth is they don't. And we get to be the ones that show, that, that show it to them that they are. So we have to recognize it's our job to serve one another by helping them feel welcome and that they belong here. And this isn't just the job and responsibility of us pastors. It's not just the job and responsibility of our adult volunteers in the room. It's your responsibility too if you're part of the family. If you've been coming here for a while, if you would call 4640 your home and your family, this falls on your shoulders too. We all have a role as part of God's family. Think of it like this. Like this, this is a nice like Thanksgiving kind of meal, right? We got some, we got some French bread. We got empty cups. Um, there's grapes, apples. This was a fresh rotisserie chicken, but we put it in the fridge like six hours ago so it wouldn't spoil. But um, like when you get together as your family, right, you usually get together over dinner, right? Church is a family, and every time we come together like this, it's like we're having a big family dinner. And everybody has a spot at the table. Everybody knows most everybody. Everybody loves most everybody, even though there's awkwardness, even though there's sometimes there's weird guys who dress up in buffalo hats and do weird things and funny voices or people who talk like they have asthma. It's weird. I get it. But like, we all love each other. It's awesome. It's super fun here. But everybody has a spot at the table. Now, sometimes someone brings a guest to the dinner table, right? Sometimes at holidays, Thanksgiving, you'd invite a friend that doesn't have anybody to go with. Or you invite maybe a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend you invite to a family function, right? Yeah. And you're like deathly afraid of what your family is going to do to them, right? We don't want 4640 to feel like that. We want 4640 to feel like a safe home where you can bring your friends, where you can bring your boyfriend or girlfriend. You could bring somebody that you don't know very well as a guest, and they're going to walk away feeling loved, welcomed, and better than when they came in. So let me ask you this. When a guest comes to family dinner, do you make the guests sit by themselves in the other room? If you do, that's not cool. <laughs> no, you don't. You give them a seat at the table. You give them your seat at the table, right? You make them feel welcome. You introduce them to people around. You make them feel special and you help people get to know them. Now, that same guest, do you give them the random like plastic Star Wars McDonald's plate that your dad got in 1993 and has been rolling around in your cabinet since then and a warm LaCroix to drink? No, if you do, I'm calling the police. No, you make sure they get the nice dishes and you give them the first choice of food and drink. Do you expect your guests to clean up after everyone at the table? Like we finish eating, you're like, all right, new guy, you're up. You get all the dishes, you clean up. We're gonna go play Parcheesi in the room. No, you clear the dishes, you clean them up. You make them feel special and welcome by serving them. And this is the same for 4640 and Fellowship Church. When you bring a guest or someone else around here brings a guest, you need to go out of your way to make them feel welcome and loved. You do. It's we do, so do you. This is your home too. The worst thing we can do in that situation is ignore somebody and leave them to sit alone. Guys, this room feels awful big and lonely if you don't know anybody. First Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift. Everybody say each of you. Each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We each have a gift. 
And we must use them to serve God and one another. And one of the ways we begin to take ownership of God's house is by being people who welcome guests. We welcome people into the house of God because our goal is that all people would come into the house of God and feel welcome and belong. And then they would be able to take ownership of it and do the same thing. And we do that by serving our guests simply by welcoming them into our home. The Bible says in Galatians 5, constantly love each other and be committed to serving one another. There's a direct correlation between love and serving, and they go hand in hand. And we are showing the love of God by serving one another. Serving is loving. And just and one of the most simple ways to love somebody and serve them is to say simple things like this. Hey, it's really great to see you. I'm glad you're here. Hey, how are you? How's your first day of school going? Hey, do you want to grab a snack with me? Or, or do you want to sit with me tonight? And, and if you need anything, you let me know. Somebody who's really great at this in this room, and if you ever need an example, is Brock. Brock is incredible at Straight this. Straight up. He makes real. people feel welcome. He yeah, makes Brock. people feel seen and known. He is great at it. If you ever need tips, talk to him. But do you have any idea how far these little things go with people? Like they go a long way. Serving takes action, right? And I, and I recognize it's not always easy. There's totally parts of serving and, and putting yourself out there and talking to a stranger that are, are uncomfortable and they're self-sacrificing. But the truth is, and I'm talking to the people who are family in this room, I'm talking to the people who know Jesus. The truth is God is not concerned about us and our comfort in that moment. He's concerned with us obeying him. Do you think that Jesus was comfortable when he went to the cross for you and I? It's harsh but it's true. Guys, Jesus is calling each and every one of us to love and to serve the way he did, and he will help us to do so. The Bible says in Philippians 2, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Friends, the ways of Jesus aren't always easy, but they are the best. So we're going to take a minute and we're going to look at this historically accurate video about Jesus's life and how he's the greatest servant leader. And we're going to pick apart what his greatest quality is, which I think is serving. So check out this historical document. <laughs> this is Jesus, hey who is the son of God and the savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He healed many people from their sickness, performed many miracles like calming storms, and even raised people from the dead. At this time, the Jewish people were celebrating a festival called Passover that had been celebrated since the time of Moses when God brought his people out of Egypt. So Jesus and his disciples went to Jerusalem to celebrate. Jesus had 12 men who followed him through his ministry. They were called his disciples. Jesus and his disciples gathered for one final meal together. Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, and began to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus loved his disciples, and he knew the time was coming for him to leave them and return to heaven. When Jesus came to Peter, he said, Whoa, 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 wait! Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus said, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but someday you will. No! <laughs> Peter said, you will never wash my feet. But Jesus then told him that unless he washed his feet, he would not belong to him. Oh, well then, okay! 
Then Peter said, Then wash my hands and head as well, not just my feet. But Jesus told him that was not necessary. He just needed to wash his feet for Peter to become clean. So Jesus finished washing their feet and said that the disciples should do to others as he had done for them. He told them to follow the example that he had set for them to serve each other and not think of themselves as greater than any other. Then God would bless them for doing as Jesus had taught them to do. Historically accurate depiction, right? Accurate. Now, friends, if Jesus, who is God in the flesh, is willing to serve to the point of washing dirty, nasty feet, and those guys, they lived in the desert. Not like we live in the desert, like the real desert. And they wore open-toed shoes their entire life. And there was not like streets and all that stuff. And there were a lot of donkeys running around, okay, if you get what I'm saying. And they let them dogs out when they got inside. And if Jesus, God himself, thought it was necessary for him to wash their feet, how much more should we be willing to go across the room and welcome somebody in here, Right? It's one way to tell Jesus thank you for all that he has done for us, is serving, is to put others before ourselves, to think others before ourselves. And the next way that we take, that we take ownership of God's house is we take care of the house. It's called stewardship. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a dad pep talk, okay? Right? Like, uh, you, you know when your dad's like, all right, look sharp. And then we got like, we got breakfast. We got to mow the lawn. And it's like, lists everything. That's kind of what this part's going to be, okay? This is our home. 4640, 4640 students, this is where we belong. And this is your home too, which means you have a level of responsibility over it. Now guests, guests don't need to pick up trash. Why? Because we do. Guests don't need to clean up their spill because we do. Guests don't need to go get um, the broom or the mop or whatever it may be because that is our responsibility as the family of 4640. Now, when they've been coming a while and they are part of the family, we ask them to join us in doing that too. But this is our house and it's God's house and he has charged us to take care of it. Taking care of God's house. And I don't know if you guys have seen this place, but not to put it lightly, it's pretty incredible, right? Like there's not like... Listen to me, there is not a youth center that I have ever seen in my life that looks like this at a church. None, zero. Like I don't think you guys recognize because you come here and that's okay because you grew up here, but I grew up in a church that had like a a board that they drew pictures on and that was the, the youth group. Or like a lot of people grow up in church where there's like four youth people like students included. And they're like, what do you guys want to talk to about? And one of those kids is a weird, like smelly kid that all he knows is veggie tail quotes. And like, we have something really cool going on here. God has blessed us with something really awesome. This is a cool place to be, but that means that we have to take care of it too. A building this size, like a lot of maintenance goes into this place. We have, we have four full-time people who work here who just take care of this place and clean it. And we also have two part-time people who come and help take care of and clean it, right? And, and those people, they're amazing and they're saints, but it's a lot of square footage and we all have to pitch in. We all have to take care of God's house. Think of it this way. The Bible says in Luke 16, 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. For example, it may feel small to clean up trash or to clean up when you spill 
And it may feel unimportant to empty out a trash can. It may feel uh, unimportant to put away, help put away tables or to sweep up something or to ask a leader if they need help with something like carrying a bucket full of dirt because we do weird things for sermons or, or carrying bags of ice down from upstairs for hope because she's awesome and does so much for us um, or opening the door so, for someone when their hands are full. Guys, these, these are the tasks. Right? These are the things that God is looking to us. Can I trust you with this little thing? And if God can trust us with the little things that seem insignificant, he will be able to trust us with so much more. Because if God can see our heart is to serve him in insignificant ways, he will trust us to serve him in ways that are significant down the road. I think some of us, we have big dreams. God has put them in our heart. We want to be a doctor. We want to be a pastor. We want to be a nurse, a worship leader, or a teacher, whatever it may be. And I hope you do have those dreams. And I hope you do become all that God has made you to be. But friends, it starts small. It starts with serving. It starts without glamour, without pay, without recognition. And we can't serve for those reasons, glamour, pay, and recognition. We have to serve out of a response back to the way Jesus served us. He died for us. He put us first. And all he asks is that we love and serve him in the same way. Do you think Pastor Joe just got to get up there one day with a guitar and lead worship? No. He spent hours as an intern. He spent hours with no pay, volunteering in the band, serving as an intern, practicing guitar, and, and then eventually he got there. What about Pastor Madeline? She's been serving God's kids here at this church since she was 11, 11 years old. Or Pastor Brittany, she interned for what, 18 years, it felt like? About 19, actually. 19, yeah. And then she, at the same time, worked two jobs before she became a pastor here. Do you think the way that they started to, to do all these amazing things God has called them to do was fun and pleasant? No, it wasn't. And the truth is, before I became a pastor here on staff, I was cleaning toilets and changing the light bulbs and mowing the grass here at the church. Guys, I mowed grass all the time. All that grass out there, I mowed it all the time. And I don't say this, no. And I don't say this to brag. I don't say this to make anybody feel bad. I don't make this statement to make me elevated or whatever. I just want to show you that when you can be trusted with the small, dirty jobs like cleaning up trash and doing dishes and doing the hard stuff that nobody sees but God, you will get rewarded. And as we all begin to show God that he can trust us with the house and the small people in the house that he has given us, he will trust us with even more. Now, I always... Um growing up as a teenager, seemed to make the worst decisions you could ever make. Uh, the choices I made, Madeline's laughing because she knows, uh, the choices I made were terrible and they were damaging, but the one choice I made was to be at this church. The one choice I made that seemed to really benefit me was here at 4640. I was serving, I was trying to connect, I was trying to grow in my relationship with God. And I had pastors here who poured into me, who pursued me, who knew even when your life is a wreck, you're still welcomed here. You are still invited here. You are still part of the family. You still have a home here. They pushed me to join a small group that continued to welcome me with arms wide open, that continued to say, Britt, we, we know your life choices are poor, but also we love you. Also, you are welcome here. Also, you have a spot here. Also, you have a seat at the table with us. You get the best dishes. You are welcomed here. And 4640 for me was a place filled with love, with people who cared about me, people who made me feel welcomed, people who didn't let me stay in my yuck and in my poor decisions. 
4640 was a stable place for me. When my home life was completely out of control, when my parents were arguing, when they were fighting, when they were in the middle of a divorce, this place was stable. This place was a constant. This place was filled with people who just made me feel welcomed. It was safe. I didn't have to fear who was going to be at 4640. I didn't have to fear if I was going to get bullied, if I was going to get picked on. I didn't have to fear. This place was freedom for me. I didn't have to pretend here. I got to be the super awkward Brittany. And I felt freedom doing that. And that was enough. And maybe you don't have that. Maybe you don't feel like you have a place full of love, something that is stable, somewhere where people make you feel welcomed. But you do here. If you are a guest, come back. Join the family. If you're part of the family, make somebody feel welcomed. Make them feel like it. Because a lot of us don't have something that is stable. A lot of us don't have somewhere we feel like we belong. A lot of us don't feel like, man, people aren't trying to pursue me. They aren't trying to make me a better person. But we want that for you here. You have a spot at the table, whether you choose to believe it or not. Doesn't matter what you've done, no matter what you feel like is holding you back, whether you're afraid, maybe you're afraid to join the family, maybe you think, you guys are so weird, that dude was wearing a crop top earlier. I don't care. It made you laugh, it made you feel welcome, okay, as weird as it is. Maybe it's bitterness, maybe you got burned from another church, all right? Maybe it's your hurts, maybe it's your mistakes. You belong here. And I think that there's some of us in here who were, earlier I said, well, yeah, if you've accepted Jesus, if you've accepted him to save you, to give you a home forever in heaven, to forgive you of everything that you have done, then you are family. Then this is your home. And maybe you're thinking, well, no, I don't, I don't have that. I can't relate to that. Maybe I am a guest tonight, but I, I don't even know who Jesus is. I don't even know if he accepts me. I don't even know if he truly forgives me. Well, he does. And I feel like he just wants you to know your home here. It's stable here. This place is filled with love. This place is filled with forgiveness. This place is filled with freedom where you just get to be you. You don't have to try and perform. You don't have to try and be somebody you're not. You don't have to try to be one of the cool kids. You're all cool kids here. This place is for you. And there is a home for you. Not just here on earth, not just here in 4640, but also in heaven you have a Jesus who died for you, who made it possible that you have a seat at the table, who made it possible to make you feel loved and to make you feel welcomed. We do this every week so that you would get to know Jesus. That's our one goal. You think it's fun coming here and we love that. But also Jesus has bigger plans for you. It's our one goal that you get to know a very real savior who says you're welcomed here. So I just wanna invite everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. And maybe if you don't feel like you're part of the family because you haven't accepted Jesus, because you, you don't know if one day you're going to heaven, you don't know if you're forgiven of all of the bad stuff you've done, you don't know if your poor choices can ever go away, you don't know any of that. I just wanna invite you to be part of the family to know that you are welcome, to know that you are loved. I just want you to know Jesus. That's all. 
That's our one goal, our one prayer, that you know who Jesus is. And so if you don't know him, if you don't think you've prayed that prayer before, or you ask him into your heart to save you, to rescue you, to forgive you, then I'm gonna ask everybody in the room, just simply repeat after me. Every single one of us just say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, that I do bad things, that I make poor choices, and I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? And Jesus, would you please give me a home? Make me feel welcomed. Show me your love. Show me how much you care about me. I just wanna get to know you more. I wanna know how to love you more. I wanna know how you love me. I want, I want a home with you in heaven one day. So I ask that you would lead my life, you would take control, be the leader of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you just prayed that tonight, that means, dude, you got a home. Not just here at 4640, yes, we love you more than anything in the world, but also you have a Jesus who loves you so much more than that. You have a home forever in heaven. You have a savior that looks down on you with pride, that laughs at your jokes, that thinks that you are awesome. Let me just pray over you one more time. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that 4640 gets to be a home. We thank you for those guests who are visiting, that they would come back, that they would feel welcomed. And God, I pray for just a boldness to be kind to our guest, to be welcoming, to be respectful, to set the tone of what 4640 is, that this is a place of worship. God, we thank you for each and every one of these students. I just pray right now that you would just bless them in Jesus' name. We love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media or our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and we hope to see you there.